0: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
1: Time for Lunch is a new podcast from HRN for curious young eaters, where we focus on the serious questions. Aren't chickens tiny dinosaurs? We get to know our favorite foods in unexpected ways. We just like cheered like you would cheer for your classmate when they're rounding second base in softball. And we just like, peach, 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 peach. Yay, thank you, peaches. Learn some new recipes and jokes.
0: What does a boxer's mom put in his lunch? A knuckle sandwich.
1: And load up on fun facts. Experts estimate that there are between one and 2,000 types of insects eaten around the world. So roll up your sleeves and dig in. Subscribe to Time for Lunch on your favorite podcast app so that you and your favorite young eater can catch up on the whole first season. New episodes of Season 2 out each week.
2: Hello and welcome to A Hungry Society. I'm Korsha Wilson, and this is a show where we talk about food, food media, and so much more. Today's show is an interview with two of my favorite people and one of my favorite couples ever, Chef Cicely Sewell Johnson and Mavis J. Sanders. Cicely grew up in Los Angeles and is a graduate of the Cordon Blues culinary arts program and interned at the Los Angeles Times Test Kitchen. She also co-founded Pinky and Reds as part of La Cocina's incubator program in San Francisco. MJ grew up in Georgia and is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America as well as Georgia Southern University. She's worked at Blue Hill at Barns and Untitled in New York City. And she was part owner of the award-winning food truck Pico House in Los Angeles. She was also the director of operations for Brownsville Community Culinary Center, and in 2019, she was honored with the title of Rising Star Chefs from Star Chefs and was part of the James Beard Foundation's Chef's Boot Camp. Together, Cicely and MJ are the founders of Food Plus People, a company they founded with the idea that every community should have access to quality food and every single person deserves the dignity of a hot meal composed of ecologically responsible ingredients that nourish the body from the inside out. So usually on this show, I'm having a conversation with someone, and I may not know them that well, but I'm trying to get at the heart of what they do. With MJ and Sicily, I got to have a conversation with two people who I'm very close to, and we talked about a lot of different topics, like the realities of our food memories, those formative food memories that made us wanna follow these career paths and why we tend to remember things in this rose-colored glasses sort of way instead of the good and the bad parts. MJ also shared stories about being a queer, a mask-presenting black woman in kitchen spaces. And Sicily shared how being surrounded by women, people of color, and the LGBTQIA community throughout her career has helped her see how things should be done instead of just sticking to the status quo. I just love these two so much, and I even got kind of emotional towards the end of the episode, just telling them how much they mean to me, and you're gonna hear that, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. I also hope you'll check out Food Plus People and order some of their hot sauce and fry mixes. They gave me a gift box of the original, the mild and the sweet heat sauces like 10 days ago. And I already have to re-up because (laughs) I've been putting the original sauce on absolutely everything. It has like this really nice heat with like a bit of like leeks in the background and onions and it's delicious, you have to try it. So I hope that you'll check out their products and I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for listening to A Hungry Society. All right, Cicely and Mavis J. I'm so happy to have you on the show. We're so happy to be doing this. Oh, don't try the phone, you oh, no. professional. Voice. Are, we, are we live? Are we doing this? Is this, this is, is this recorded.
3: Is part of the thing? It's
2: about time. Yes, it's. This is actually the show right now. It's fine.
3: It's cool. I mean, I know that I'm a second choice. You only really wanted Sicily in here, and I'm good. With it.
4: Wow. I'm also, trying to be very like diplomatic and be like, I'm so
2: grateful to be yeah. here in this space.
3: No, it's cool
2: wow okay so starting the show with resentment <laughs> 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 from mj that's never happened before right. um, Resentment.
3: okay all right i'm not resentful <laughs> i'm just saying i understand my place
2: when it comes to the three of us hanging out together all right wow okay well that's not the case at all no You are a package deal, and I'm very happy to have you both. Mm -hmm.
4: Yay, we're a package deal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So for listeners that aren't familiar, um, can you both introduce yourselves?
3: Uh, My name is Mavis Shea. I am a chef in New York City, and um, I work in, uh, like, food, social justice, um, like an equity advocate,
4: That's, like, really nice. I mean, (laughs) I'm Sicily. Like, I'm, like, I cook food. Um, I'm Sicily. I'm a chef. I've opened and owned places. Yeah. I like Black people.
3: Black people are my jam.
4: And I I make sure that we all know that. That we all are... That everybody know you like Black folks. Everybody should know that I like Black people. Don't, like... (laughs) They will be in here. They will be working in here. They will be fed in here. Hello, Black people.
2: Yes. Okay. So <laughs> that those are great, great um, taglines for sure. Um, well, I wanted to have you both on the show, one, because I love you both and think you're wonderful and make the food world way better. Um, but I also have never really talk to you both in depth about your paths to becoming chefs and i'd love to hear let's start with you mj (laughs) <laughs> since you think I don't actually want you here. I mean, I'm just, it's so sure. funny. Because you're just
4: like, we've never talked to you in depth about our past. Maybe we haven't like that. Um, I, you,
3: know. I think I've been in an article where we talked in depth about my past. So.
2: <laughs> wow. So rude. Okay. <laughs> just gonna, you know, we're going to restart this episode. Uh, I say, like, also, I mean, like
4: Us talking to you <laughs> gives us this sense of like... <laughs> a deeper understanding sometimes of that like what do you mean i feel like when we talk to her about our past and our why it makes me feel a little more responsible for the space that's happening around me and the story that we're telling
2: we've talked about like both Mm -hmm. of your professional lives and like you know your path to where you are now but i'm talking about like what in your childhood made you think I want to do food for the rest of my life? Oh yes, Mavis, tell us.
3: I was hiding. Um, it was a good place to hide. I did not um, want to get in trouble. I didn't want to get my. Uh, I didn't want to get my my tail beat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could say ass beat. You could say ass beat.
3: I ain't gonna get my ass whooped. Uh, <laughs> and it was an easy way to say like out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like i had a lot of cousins i have a lot of cousins um and it's a lot of people just running around and you know in the country like there's like you know just doors are unlocked and people go from house to house and there's a i mean if you got that many kids something's bound to get broke or somebody's bound to do something they ain't supposed to Ooh. so uh and you know i'm not i wasn't down for that guilt by association so i would uh stay over at my grandma's house and uh, my grandma was a cake lady at the church and she was always baking cakes and pies and stuff like that. And, you know, there was always um, an egg to be separated or a spoon to be licked and yes, an I could make myself useful there. And then all of a sudden you kind of get this, this, you know, when you're a kid and even having children now we do it sometimes um, <laughs> where The child has done, like, the minimal effort in something, but you give them credit for doing something. (laughs) And so, like, I would be making, like, helping, assistant in making a cake in some way, and um afterwards you know a cake would be made and people go by and they start picking off pieces of it and they're eating it and everything they're like Ooh, who made this cake you know and they'd be like oh she made it and i'd be like really excited about it and so it was like and it's a way for like instant gratification and con- to connect with people and be recognized in a sea of children um that's where you get your competitors <laughs> <laughs> um as like as, as like having value you know what i mean as being able to do something well. Uh, it like affirmed your your like affinity for cooking, mm, but it also made you seen in in the quest for
4: trying to hide.
3: Right. It was you know what I mean. Like it mm-hmm. it was a way. If somebody is really happy with something that you've done, you're probably not about to get beat. Get beat. Mm. So uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that was like the crux. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you about it. You know what I mean? Like there was a large part of my life, and I'm, I I could be hella honest about that. I don't care that um that was based in fear, not necessarily in wanting to do well, but like not wanting to be hurt. Yeah. Um, And that was really, I mean, that's still something that I have to work without today, you know, and not operating from a place of fear or- um,
2: And you said you grew up in the South. Can you let listeners know where in the South? South
3: Georgia, um, in Albany, Georgia. Uh, two hours north of Florida Ooh. Georgia line, uh, out there, out there, like nothing. It's different. It, it's biggest news is like the coronavirus. It was Like it was, like they put it called, on the map. Yeah, put it on the map. <laughs> said a bomb went off in South Florida because <laughs> um, they don't have any like healthcare down there. You know, there's no, there's like one hospital. You know, for like yeah. forty thousand people, and they didn't have the infrastructure to take care of people once they got sick. Um, and so people started dropping like flies overnight. Um, so and it's very still. It's very very much still segregated. You know, their side of town versus our side of town, um, which is really what um, kind of made me pivot and how I thought about food once I started. Once I got a little bit older, because it was like I would go home and I would try to cook for my family, and I couldn't cook anything. Um, or anything that I was learning about, because uh, the ingredients weren't there, or you know the potatoes were soft, or like finding any lettuce that wasn't romaine or iceberg wasn't an option, unless you drive over to their side of town, right? And you go get, um, you can go get, go to a, a, a Publix or a Kroger on their side of town, but on our side, all we got is you know the pick and save. Or the piggly wiggly, or the Harvey's with the cement floors and the bad lighting. Bad lighting, um, no fresh herbs. You know, very little like vegetables to choose from. So I, uh, I don't know. Like it, that, really had a huge impact on how I approach food and how I want to see um, Black people re- reclaim like their food sovereignty and their communities. Wow.
2: And Cecily, what about you?
4: <laughs> it sounded like not going to be as interesting as that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had the scandalous life growing up. Um, yeah, you did. So <laughs> that's not even what I meant though. Um, <laughs> was. I think for me being raised, and it's weird looking back on it now because it was like, dysfunction brought everyone together like as adult you can like be like that was not that was dysfunction because it was so many people that didn't have a place to go weren't speaking to their families there'd be times when we weren't speaking to other parts of our family but like my family always was about like opening the door the thing that makes black people great you know the cookout idea like coming and sitting and gathering and every woman in my family cooked, um, as a profession,
2: mm.
4: which was, which is really interesting to be in that space. I mean, you know, so it was like so cool to me to be able to entertain, to be able to invite everybody over and prepare the food. And, and that, that thing that, that gives people, but that you also get in return. Um, and I think, because I always thought I was a little kooky. That's how I found like friendship and community. It was always through food. It was always through the fact that like we were a group of people or my mom, my mom's friends or my older brother's friends or my grandparents' friends or family. Like we had no, these are the bunch of people that had nowhere to go and weren't necessarily accepted. Mm-hmm. And so they could all find come together and find community in their lack of acceptance everywhere else. Yeah. So I think that was It's interesting, like No no go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like that it, now growing up I realized like the how I romanticized that story. You know what I'm
3: yes. saying? Yes. How I was absolutely like, mm-hmm.
4: such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But it was like, like this is no because so you didn't talk to your brother and you couldn't go to you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was that thing. Yeah. Even it was it was it was great though, like I remember <laughs> growing up as a kid and my brother's friends, and this is why it's so weird to me now, like the reality of what that meant, like you being kicked out of the house and having nowhere to go, so my mom would be like, "Come over, we'll feed you if right. if you end up spending the night, okay, fine, but like you know that you can always get a meal and love and the sense of family here,
3: right,
2: yeah, that's so like wow, y'all are making me think about my own memories, too. And I've always really loved the beauty of, you know, Black Cookouts and, you know, Crab Boils because it's everyone together around the table or Fish Fries. And, you know, in my memory, it's this, like, super beautiful thing and, like, super, like, rosy-colored. But Mm -hmm. if I'm honest with myself and looking back at my childhood, I often felt alone and like a Black sheep. Mm -hmm. And so... Being with my family in those moments and eating those meals was my way of like comforting myself and feeling like I was part of something.
4: Mm, right. Because we never talk about
2: that yeah. experience
4: that we all have of like eating the meal that you don't want to eat and then being like, you got to sit here and eat it by yourself in- until one o'clock in the morning or else you can't get up. Like, I experienced that as a kid. Like, you, if you, black eyed peas, that's why I don't like them. Like, you, that's not great like that's not like how long did you have to sit there and be like just swallow it whole did you eat it you didn't eat it i didn't eat it mine was cream of wheat i ate them yeah that's why i don't like black
3: eyed peas that
4: was the thing
3: you cannot pay me enough to crack crack up on a box a packet of cream of wheat to this day i sat the entire day there my mom, <laughs> just conference or something. She was Stubborn. Like, Why are you still sitting here? And I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, you go to bed, I eat. And I was like, thank you. Sitting in the chair <laughs> was starting to hurt. Really? Uh, I
4: ate it. My mom, wow. crazy though.
2: Sh- wow. I mean, okay. You met my You're friend. Right. Yeah, you won. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. this is like the perfect segue into my next question, because one of the you know, I've been talking to guests about what this moment has been like for them. And I've loved seeing you both on the Black Food Folks IG so much. Mm -hmm. And it'll usually start with a specific topic. And then it will segue and wind around and backflip into something else. <laughs> but that's important. what people don't know is that is actually on
4: purpose. Like when we talked to them, they were like, what do you want to talk about? And we were like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> we just want to be a place of that cookout feeling mm-hmm. because right. there could be someone who's very much alone and people are tired of always hearing about doom and gloom and the reality and how it, it's a horrible system that all like some people just want to be like, being let me just sit here. Them. Yeah. Right. Or it has to yeah.
3: be an educational webinar. We're going to bring this person in with all this structure and like, you're going to get, walk away with these talking points and all this other kind of stuff. And this is an action steps and action plan. Ours is just a hang. It's just hanging. It's just a hang. Like the topic goes so far off to the left and we do start with, okay, we're going to cover these one, two, three things in mind. But that's mostly so we don't like have any dead space, I think. Yeah. Like.
4: But no, we never, yeah, we would be like, yeah. no, we just want to like hang out with people. We want to be that sense of like, if you've never seen someone in the past three, four months, at least we've gotten to hang out with you.
2: Feeling. Yeah. And it definitely does feel like, you know, having done a couple of lives with y'all and tuned into them, it does feel like you've spent time with a group of people you know and you care about. And it does have that cookout vibe of like feeling like you've checked in.
4: Yeah, that's all. So that's all we really like. I mean, it's granted it's evolved because now it's like every Monday it has a name. Like we got to sit right we have a set we're bougie now you know we We have a big (laughs) life. like it's turned into a whole thing um but also for me it's important to like subtly because our lifestyle it's it's also being aware that like our personal lifestyle is not really i think that's why people like us in certain scenarios too it's like the fact that we are like two whole ass lesbians living together with two children. Girl Scott. Being like, it is a girl squad, it's stressful. Um, <laughs> being very open and honest and regular and be, talking about being parents, it does break down a barrier that's not being spoken about in our community either because how many people would yeah. accept us or would look at us sideways just simply walking down the street now feel like we're their friends
3: but i also that too and also i think that sometimes people want to speak or they want to say something to us and they don't because they're afraid of what other people are going to say if they're seen speaking speaking to to us right like we we do operate you think so a large yeah 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 yeah, for sure we operate in like a large community where that's where it's very celebrated every time we walk into the room but when you walk into other spaces you can tell that there's some people who like are there are people who are like no (laughs) yeah like flat out no (laughs) no and then there's other people who are like they're you get like you can feel when people are like watching you you know what i mean and it's just like yeah and i think that the pandemic has given people an opportunity to kind of reach out and communicate with us a little bit more um and be like oh like i really do enjoy this dynamic and seeing you guys out and people will say are like reaching out to say that they do appreciate Seeing us and seeing our family dynamic, and I think that gives people, like especially in New York, if you're if you're somebody who is, um, what's it called when you don't uh, transplant, yeah, um, and you're like away from your family, you know, and like you you may be like missing that vibe, you know what I'm saying? You may like I'm complete my family like all my like, we were just talk about all my family's in Georgia, you know what I'm saying? Like and going home. Um, isn't something i get to do often but it's also like it's a breath of fresh air that i didn't know that i needed when that happens and i feel like that that there are times when people come into our space and they feel like that too they're just like oh like i love being around you guys because it's just like being back at home with my family um like i'm okay to share that to some degree with people yeah you know like because it's just being us
2: it's you know the more I talk to people who are marginalized in any sort of way who then go on to do their own thing it's um it's really just about creating space where you're not marginalized and usually that means owning the space yourself and really like fully being present in it and bringing what you want to that space yeah Yeah. I think that's so true in the food world I think that's why you see so many people start their own businesses or Mm -hmm. um you know like even virtually now with like black food folks hosting like whole symposiums (laughs) every day Um, every day it's been really yeah every day it's been beautiful (laughs) to see that and MJ like Mm -hmm. speaking of Spaces where you feel like you didn't really fit in, like you've talked about working in fine dining kitchens, yes, um, and not mm-hmm. <laughs> and not feeling like you were welcome. Like, can you talk about that a little bit and like what that experience was like for you? Um. Yeah.
3: Um, I think. I mean. I think that I've, I've always been another and I'm okay with that. I've been comfortable with that. You know, uh, my dad was uh, like one of the few black officers in the military um, and that um, and, you know, enlisted families and, uh, and officers families kind of hang out in different spaces and different circles. Um, and so I was generally, especially when I'm traveling overseas or living overseas or anything like that, like um, in the space of being like an only black kid um and so I, I was used to that um what i wasn't used to was not being protected i didn't realize the protection that my father offered me in those spaces um and so going um going into white kitchens um in in male dominated kitchens um i was completely prepared and not scared by any means to be um Oh, and only um, what I wasn't prepared for was um, like all the microaggressions um, that people like if you can't explain it to a white person or a white authority to say. Hey, this is what happened. This is why this is not okay. And they're like, oh, if they can just say, oh, you're looking at it wrong, or they didn't mean it, or like they don't understand like um, the nuances of racism, then that you can't unless it's blatant. Like they they won't they can't speak to it right they don't understand it it's like you must yep. misunderstand it and like you should yeah like, or
2: why can't you laugh about it or let it go mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. yeah. it was just a joke
3: right absolutely yeah um so it's not a thing and then so I mean that definitely pushed me over the like over the edge and out of some of those spaces I mean I I don't don't get me wrong I did my time like I stayed and I swallowed it for years um and then also like being a bigger body like you know thicker um wow. and uh wait
2: one more time Th- thicker
3: bra- <laughs> right what like is that guh <laughs> yeah. welcome accent More. Sure. I, yeah. I mean like let's be real like I'm not, I'm not i'm not a small person i'm not a petite person and i'm also um a little bit more on, you know, the, like, mask side of, of the spectrum, you know? Um, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm soft and feminine feature, featured, but the way that, like, I dress is a little more mask. Um, and so um, I think because of that, uh, sometimes guys, like, tend to, like, think of me like, oh, oh, you're, like, one of us. And so they say, like, really... Um, like sexist or mon- misogynist things, and I think that um they think that that but I'm gonna be okay with that. and generally I'm not, and that puts you in another one of those situations where it's just like, you know, uh like why can't, oh, it's just a joke, like we're just playing like why, why can't you laugh about this? or um, in particular, um like I had a dishwasher for like two years who would like, say, like, some of the, like, really, like, crude things to me. Um, And there was, like, and he would do it, like, open in front of, like, you know, other management or do it in front of, like, the CDC. And everybody just thought it was funny. Because it's, like, oh, like, it can't be something that you're, like, like, worried about, you know what I mean? Like, well, obviously, like, you handle yourself. And it's just, like, okay, you're getting off work and it's 1230, at night you know or it's you know 1:15 in the morning and this dishwasher is like making like kissy faces or like like trying to like persuade me in another language that I don't speak to like come with him you know what I mean like it's like this is like like every day we're doing this you know what I mean um, and you don't feel like when that happens that you have anyone to go to and I mean you can say no as many times as you want. You know what I mean? It doesn't stop people who are persistent and it doesn't, and restaurants aren't going to get rid of their best dish watcher who's been there for a decade when you've been there for a year. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't always, I mean, obviously there, there's been a reckoning, you know, in the, and the one that is still happening and continues to evolve, which I really appreciate in the restaurant industry Uh, towards like Me Too Um, and I think that there are still restaurants that thought that they had evaded that and they were going to keep doing the same things and you can still see them falling one by one Um, like if you didn't heed the warning to change your behavior uh, I definitely think that you know these Gen Zers who were starting to come into working age are not going to put up with this you know like you have millennials who are not down for this anymore uh and you know i applaud anybody who has who has it in them to like step forward and be like hey no not only is this not okay and to say no and this isn't okay but to like take action and like fight back um to make sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else like the whole thing of this has been the way this has just been the way it is I think that's coming to an end. Like I think a lot more people are starting to see like just because this has been how it has been doesn't mean that this is how it has to continue. People are fed up.
2: Yeah, I really hope so. I can't tell you how many times I heard, oh, this is just how this, you know, the industry works. And, you know, of course the chef yells at you and he might throw something at you. And of course, like the other line cook might like rub up against your ass as he goes to like the walk-in you know it's just let it go like this is just how things are and i agree that like this next generation right right and it's i agree that like this next generation is like no like we're gonna build spaces that don't have that shit baked into it and we're gonna call it out when we see it which i really respect absolutely um cicely you had like A completely different experience in that you've worked in restaurants that have like centered black foodways always. So, yeah, I'm curious, like, what working in kitchens has been like for you. You know, it was a culture shock
4: coming here for me. And I think, like, in the beginning, I think she felt a bit disrespected. Like, even like there were when we went to Blue Hill, and she was like, What do you think? And I was like, This is great, but there's no like culture. You know what I'm saying? Like
2: oh, you mean coming to New York yeah, from to New York, California. California? Okay. Like
4: growing up in Los Angeles, where we didn't necessarily, you know, we're a little more, we walk a little slower. We're a little. What? What? What do you want to be creative about today? In a sense, that's not to say that the other things don't exist, and especially being in the Bay Area or being like a part of La Cucina with so many women of color. And, and, and so many great Black women and being like, this is our food story. So it was very interesting here that like, I didn't get that when I first got, you know what I'm saying? That I had to seek those things out, that like, white dining was such a, still a big thing here, I guess. That sounds naive, I'm sure. But like, coming from a space where people were like, no, you got to go to this person of color's restaurant because it's dope and they're telling their food story
3: you were in a food space that was all women women of color (laughs) like that's completely don't be like oh all of california is like that that's not true but that's also you (laughs) guys dominated the space yes no but also and the spaces that you were working in you guys created
4: yes But even Mm. in Los Angeles, that's when we're not like I will often say to you, like you you got the like Caucasian scope of L.A. There's a whole food space people that's so vibrant and so. Like rich that you didn't see.
3: Well, if you had taken me on a proper
4: date, we weren't even a thing then. You- oh, yeah. oh, you see how you see how
2: she tried to spin that. That wasn't even a real. Yeah, that was. I'm here for it. This is the first time we've had relationship <laughs> drama right. on this show. I am here for it. <laughs> that she tried that. That was disrespectful. <laughs> Drag her, MJ.
4: Let's hear it. <laughs> what? So rude.
2: But also, like, so that wasn't
4: that wasn't the like the realm that you like. I, like, I'll say, like, okay, so you you dealt, maybe you didn't, like, with the food truck, like pickles and peas, um, and like um the girl who did like peaches, and all those were like normal to see like people of color doing food and being very like loud and overt about that. So it was it was weird. It's 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 been the only thing that I I I know. like you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like all of our trucks were like mm-hmm. nomads. I don't know. And then it's like and... even like even mm-hmm. coming out of culinary school, like in culinary school, granted I went to the one that was like in like on sunset. So it was already like the weird like it wasn't like the one and we were very we knew we weren't like the school that was in Pasadena like it was like all the ones that you were like these are the other kids like some of them may not graduate because they're all crazy (laughs) um but even going into that and like going into the LA Times and and like Noelle being my mentor who was like this white queer lady that like took on my family and like told me everything I needed to know like I've I I realized that like as adamant I am about like tell your story, be black, stand up, but it's the only thing that I've ever known people to do. So mm. even dealing with like kooky white people that say crazy stuff, there were plenty of opportunities where like I didn't necessarily have to say anything because the space itself was like, nah, that's not, that's not what we do here. Mm-hmm.
2: So mm. but I also- that reminds me of um hmm. that Tonya Morrison quote that's like, you know, the point of racism and being in white spaces is to make you think that you don't have culture and you don't right. understand these things. And you spend your time trying to prove that you do. And so you lose time doing the work that you were actually put on the Supposed earth to do. to do. Right. And it sounds like you never had to prove that, which is like such a beautiful thing that you were like, no, like obviously I have culture, obviously I have depth and breadth to what I do, clearly. It's wild to me to hear people say some of these things because I'd be like,
4: y'all did what for how long? Like even like Jim, right? (laughs) I'm like, how did y'all stay employed? Like what? Somebody put you in a room and turn off the lights and you stayed? So because I've never... Mm -hmm. Been in a space where white people that was necess- that was acceptable. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like even when I was teaching at Perlatob, mm-hmm. my boss was a Hispanic trans woman. Privilege, and
3: yeah, so it's like, <laughs> like, right, like the
4: right. the person who ran the kitchen was a like a gay man. Like right. so, for me, it's always been like. I've had, I've always had something that I identify with, or I've always been a part of the community. But I think that goes back to like being around and raised in that space where like, I've always been a part of the other community in a sense, and really like Mm -hmm. try to
2: root myself in that, because that's what- Yeah, but it's like, you're not even, I don't even know if other is completely applicable because other, and I, I, I push back against using that word because it centers who out el- whoever you feel like you are othered by. Right. And you it sounds like you're you were never an other. You were working from the dead center. You are in the center of your focus always. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. Must be nice. I know, it's really weird. it's really <laughs> So, like, even
4: when we have conversations and she talks about, like, so, like, the spaces that you've created, like, people just don't do that. I'm like, I don't know why people are even making that, like, a conversation and a thing because it's, to me, she has intentionally space. hire people of color, to intentionally hire those things, it's... It's completely it's Tuesday for I'm
3: me. Sorry. You know
2: what I'm saying? No. So, so right. Um, it's just the um, the basic like the foundation, the it's principles. It's a no, given. We're
3: saying that Corsha, you have been in the same tri-state area. You know about this. She had a space on the Lower East Side of Manhattan that had all 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 women of color, mostly black men, single moms, right? Some people housing insecure in shelters right all of them being paid a minimum of like 18 dollars an hour everybody was getting a fair wage. where else show me that spot
4: i mean but that's what so i don't So like for me right like when we open pink so she's red, like
3: no like it's not a thing like no she's like no i'm not doing anything like i'm just being me but it's like i understand that you're just being you but you were like breaking barriers that this place that this city has never seen before like and don't downplay that don't belittle that as just like this is just what is i'm not because it's not
4: i'm not saying that at all but like okay like i was saying like pinky and reds right when we opened that and it was it's in the martin luther king building it's in the student union building So on the ground floor above us was the multicultural center where it was like, you know, the the students of color found their place. Uh, It was like queer community, like, you know, the international kids, not the like rich Asian ones, but the ones that are like, we have to work and live and be here. Mm -hmm. They were upstairs. So it was like. They would be like, your kids are so great. Um, and they wanted to like volunteer at one point. So we went upstairs and we dropped them off food. I introduced myself and they'd be like, well, if you don't have anywhere for your kids to go, we'll take them up here. And then it got to the point where they would like some of them, even still to this day, like, yeah. Yasmin will be like, would be like, I'll pick them up from school from you. Like, you know, we moved to New York. She was like, well, then like you guys are a part of my family. I will move like she decided to come to New York and move. And it's like, even some of the kids have like come and stayed here when they visit and like all of these things. Like, so it was like, but so then my obligation was to be like, okay, cool. When she comes down to eat, like, what can you have? You can't eat our meat because we don't serve halal meat. Then we should be serving halal meat. So like all, everyone can eat here. We need to make sure that like, if, if we want to pour into people that we're making sure we do it the right way, they like, so I don't, I don't I mean, you know, like Reem, like Reem was my boss and she was the one who set me down when I was a part of La Casina. I worked at Reem and Knights and they were both like, you have an expiration date here because you're not going to get stuck in this cycle of wanting to be a business owner. And then so we'll let you work here so you can, because I was working for jobs. You can quit those other jobs. You can work here, but know that you have like so much time and you need to figure it out so you can go open your space
2: that's a beautiful thing though a lot of business owners aren't like that and don't really provide that platform yeah she
3: like fell into this exceptional place with these exceptional women and she herself is exceptional so it all makes sense
2: yes It's true. It's true, Cecily. And you too, MJ. You're not getting off the hook. Both of you are exceptional. I mean, but that so
4: two words I don't know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was like, but that's what we that's what we should be doing. I mean, I think that that's like it's just that's it's not that hard, it's just that simple. And I think that was part of the reason why. I did get fired from colors, right? Like, and they did shut us down is because I was not going to buckle on those things. Fine. You want to talk about a fair wage, but what does a fair wage mean really? Because you're basing that on a West coast standard when we don't even have some of the, like the
3: same laws, aren't the laws
4: close. or barriers that you right. have. Like we, yeah. so for me, like it's, it's also like you don't get a trophy for just showing up. So I feel like I just showed up. You know what I'm saying?
3: Like That's a joke.
4: I, right. I don't I don't know because That's it's like That's
3: a joke. Cuz you didn't I, just show up.
4: You I don't know. It's like guys, I did the thing that I like I no. just I just No,
3: and don't even do it. Don't even play it like that cuz there's no way. You were working day and night. It was not just about showing up. Like as as my, as my late on day you showed up and showed out it was a completely different story day idea. and night we were working on that space and like going above and beyond running yourself into the ground and not one of those people who runs themselves and like leaders that runs themselves into a ground into the ground who like need who is like burying everyone beneath them but like making sure that everyone else had something to stand on right like our entire family went ham. So don't be little that just be like, well, oh, I just showed up. Okay. That's a, that's like, that's like your grandma being like, oh, it's just a pinch of sugar. <laughs> it's
4: not just it was the whole sugar. bag. And that's um... the thing we keep talking
3: about now, now, nowadays, every time we keep having conversations, like we have to stop downplaying, right? And be like, oh, I only, I, oh, it just took me a little bit or this dress, this old thing. We have to stop that shit. No, I worked 17 jobs I like did overtime went into did three hours of lift so I could afford this dress for this event stop playing like say what you actually had to do so that other that's people real, can get real. that information yeah. and know how to do it you can't sit here and be like oh I just showed up and then when other people are like okay like they cool just up. how can I how can I make an equitable biz- business oh I just show up like no that's I not mean, what you did you had to do serious finagling You had to have serious conversations with the people who you had employed about what their lives were like and like what their hours and what they needed and what their home lives were really about and actually make an investment in that and then create a schedule for a restaurant that would run properly with all those things in mind.
4: I mean, okay. So don't sit here and I I just showed up. I hear what you're saying. You sat
3: here and say (laughs) what? you are not hearing what I'm saying. No,
2: but listen. This, this is great. This is great. This is exactly how our conversations go. Yeah, and real. This is i I'm so glad the listeners are hearing this. But for me, like that's cool
4: to hear you say that. But, but like, no, but I'm not saying but in like a bad way, but that's the conversation that I had with Rain. You know what I'm saying? That's the conversation that like yeah. a girl named Pinky that I saw Tina have with the people that she hired. That's the conversation that crazy Carrie that like I was a sushi on the pudding truck had with me. You know what I'm saying? Like Marley was in the hospital for two weeks, like dying essentially when she hired me. And I was like, this is, and she was like, okay, make sure she's okay and we'll work it out. And then this job is waiting for you. So for me, it's like, wild to hear these other things because i'm like why are we not doing and it's not hard. like what i did is not hard it wasn't a hard thing it wasn't uh people work hours on hours opening restaurants right like i didn't i didn't necessarily work any harder than anyone else it's just that like Okay, so I, I would I would say you did. I would say you definitely yeah, did you work harder there than
3: inside. other people. I mean,
4: I had a lot of pushback, but I had to work harder I'm because
2: done. of- okay. No, I, MJ, you're not done. Okay. This interview's okay. not done. But like, I'm sorry. Okay, I, like me saying, like I went, <laughs> I went to church
4: one day and okay. had this very, on top of feeling mm. all of these ways, like somebody hit you're not gonna hum, that's rude. Mm. You're so disrespectful. <laughs> um, but the dude was like, What if your life was meant to be the platform for other people to stand on? Right? And that idea like wrecked me to the core. Like what if your life was a platform for other people to stand on? I don't understand. Like, what if you were what if you were the door? What if you were the gatekeeper? And what would that look like if you were the one leaving the gate open in a sense. And so that that living the life that I've led, but that doesn't mean that like this is in food. This was not in acting. This was by no means my experience in acting. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And I would right. a big part of why I would never go back is the experience that I had as a eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, sixteen, seventeen-year-old. That also shaped how how I was treated, how people are treated, how if you're not deemed valuable and relevant, how right. people treat you. Right. Um, wow. And so being on the other side of that, like that's important to me. What if, like, when we went to that talk, it's always been for me like, right. what if I was the last person that you were going to talk to to help shape infinite possibility.
0: This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
2: So I... Want to make sure that mm-hmm. in this like first half of the show we talk about food plus people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that company we started. um we all bad.
3: Why? Will you stop So our glory was <laughs> like these. Okay, I don't know. Then let her ask the question. And he, <laughs> <so> <laughs> no, you answered <laughs> It's your food, baby. See how you should. So do that.
2: Wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, <laughs> words that have come up over and over again are food and people, yeah, and space and community, yeah. And you launched this line, this food company, this food baby, as you call it, called Food Plus People, and actually tried the original hot sauce yesterday. Really? Um, and I, I did. Yes, and I didn't uh, text y'all because I wanted to talk about it on the show. It is so good. It has, like, a depth of flavor underneath the heat that is, like, you don't taste that in normal, like, hot sauces. So I just want to say it's really good, and I'm not just saying that. Thank you. It was very tasty. I had it on avocado with uh, black beans and rice. Wow. On, like, a a vegan bowl. It was really good. Thank you. Oh, that's really nice. That's great. Oh, so tell listeners about Food Plus People and the genesis of it. (laughs) We have
4: no idea, honestly. Don't. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. It was like, (laughs) first it started out as like, what are we going to do? We both don't have jobs. But it was like, how do we still do the things that matter to us? Saying
3: this. How do we? We both don't have jobs, but also like, we both lost our jobs working with separate nonprofits that were supposed to be about people People. and completely failed at what they were supposed to be doing and executing. And then in, in like the last moments, instead of like doing the right thing, hung those people out to dry. Yeah. So that's like where we're like, where this, like where we're talking about, we, when we like hit the ground, like after we came out from that whirlwind Right. And our feet like landed solidly on the ground and we could finally think again. We
4: had a lot of conversations about. Like what 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 is good food? What is help? What is, you know, like and it wasn't I think like some of the reasoning why was like, yes, the people were not protected. And then like um, like I will never forget on our very last day. One of our moms has two small children and she lives in a shelter. And, and... One of the moms that was working at Colors. Yeah, and so we, like, people had tipped really, really heavy that night. And it was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And so we, like, cashed everybody out, gave them their tips, and she was like, cool. I also should preface this, like, we had a basement and we had, like, put the children, all the children in the basement so the moms could work to make money that last night. And my children watched them the blind eating the blind, older children um watching older children. which is exactly what we do in our communities anyway right but like yeah absolutely so this idea that at 11 o'clock at night you're getting money i was like hey can you watch my children real fast and 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 she ran out and bought diapers and benadryl because her her smaller child was a girl and she needed diapers and then her older son had asthma and was like having this like allergy attack and that's like was marley so it was like what are we really doing and i'm to not talking you?
3: about a case of pampers i mean like a pack of three yeah you know what i mean just like, to be
4: able to carry you over right and that like and then like and then she was talking about like you know being in the shelter which like the madison and marley and i have like fell into like ridiculously hard times after getting divorced so i completely identified with this and so she was like I didn't have anywhere to go. I don't have a kitchen, so I'm always eating in a bodega. It's like, so how can we make things for people that's really delicious and easy? You know, then it's like teaching to these classes to like kids going to college that like are the first to go to college. You know, when we talk about like the match at... Um, uh the farmers markets with their food stamps would be like cool some of us have food stamps some of us our our parents are undocumented we can't get food stamps so it's like how can we make food that sits in the center of the aisle because all these fucking people that are like shop the perimeter what a privilege to be able to like shop the outside of the aisle so how can we make really good really simple really clean really honest food that can live in the middle of the aisle that people can get and be proud of and not feel like they're compromising one, their quality of life, whether it's because you live in a shelter or it's because you don't know how to cook. I also was like super honest about the fact that like I thinking it through, I didn't want us to make food that hated people, like affirmed people's hatred for learning how to cook. That was another reason why we did the Black food folks thing, you know, as food plus people the way we did, because I don't need to teach you shit, because in me saying, like, I'm teaching you something implies that you don't know something. And I hate this narrative of, like, Black people or people that aren't white don't
3: know how to cook and feed themselves. It's an education issue instead of an access issue. It's completely bullshit.
2: Oh. Yeah. that's so true it does like that is the overwhelming narrative of like oh well you're buying like things that are already prepared like what why are you doing that like it's not as good
3: right that all that stuff is like bad for you or whatever it is so like how can we mm-hmm. create items that like you can feel like you were cared for you actually feel nourished like when when you taste it right like when you pop open the hot sauce yeah you've had a million hot sauce and it's like house has this before, but it's like yeah there's layers to this you know that when you taste it like somebody really thought about this um and in that whenever you're consuming that you feel cared for right Like I gave this to you they yeah. provided this for you right um you you feel cared for and a lot of times when you are shopping in the middle, that's not necessarily what what you feel you know um yeah. it's also about like how you eat how how you get to eat um there's a lot of dignity in in service and being served mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of that is taken out um or taken away when you talk about people who uh, like right let's be honest right like having a stove is a privilege
2: right we learn that absolutely having, having a gas having employee
3: right is is a privilege yeah like you know that you
2: know? Yeah, having shelter having a home is a privilege, it's a privilege yeah. right?
3: so let's say like how do i give you right so like our first like i mean aside from the hot sauce like our first like, so concept, like eight products right um that we that like we ever labored over it was just like how do we give you a complete meal that you can feel proud to eat you know what I mean that it wasn't just slops that it wasn't just like scraps or a second thought or just like here right like there's a difference we were having this debate the other day or conversation about like there's a difference between the pack of ramen and the cup of not ramen and how you eat it right because there's a lot there's a lot more there's a difference in you heating up something on the stove and putting it in a bowl and eating it with a fork than you sticking a styrofoam cup in a microwave yeah those are two different fields one of those feels like you're going to be standing. The other one feels like you're going to sit down. And how you eat that meal is completely different, right? Um, and so how do, you, how, do you, how do we make things that come out the center of the aisle give you that, that, give you that feeling of, like, somebody, else, somebody has labored over this and cared for me and wants me to feel like a whole human being when I sit down for this meal? Right.
4: And that was I mean, that was like a really like we have not like it's funny. Someone texted me yesterday and was like, I'm on a a camping trip in South Dakota and I'm eating my soup Um, because for us, it was like, yes, it has to taste good. It has to look good. It has to be. And I'm weird. Like when she'll be like, what do you want it to taste like? I'm like, like summertime. You know what I'm saying? Like that is my answer for shit for her. But then it was like, even down to the packaging, we would have conversations. Cause it's like, when, when you don't have, right. Like if you don't have money or you are, you don't have a, a love for cooking. Um, and I think those two people are target people. Like if I hate cooking, and you give me even the top ramen that's not in the the styrofoam, but the one that's in the, in the packet, if I open that fucking packet and not all of that powder comes out, I wasted my 69 cents. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to be the thing that goes, see, this is why I hate cooking and I just could have bought food to go. Like little things like that. So it was like, how do we get a package? How do we tell a story? One that's super easy, super clean, that people don't have to think too hard over. Um, that like, So the soup, Everything is in the soup. And then the directions say you dump it in a pot, you fill the the the, the packet up with water twice, and then you boil it. Because that also like you know for us like taking the water and filling the packet up also gets all of the the dried mix out of the package and it's into your pot so you're not throwing away this package and like and then it also eliminates dishes for you so it was like those kind of things you don't have
3: measuring cups right? right like i work with kids sometimes nowadays it's like a big thing they don't have measuring cups and so like a lot of our conversation is like if you don't if you can't measure something like how do you eyeball it what is it about like how do we equate it to other things and i think a lot of people don't think about that cooking so i want yes this is like low key like all the products that we're making are made for those people to be able to use and then they're also a hundred percent like you know they got a little style on them and they've got a lot of flavor and people who do love to cook yeah. 100% can count yeah. down on it
2: and they so they tell us. so can you tell me about some of the products that you have like in addition we talked about the hot sauces right and what kind of soups do you have well we had
4: like a sweet potato orzo soup we've actually completely abandoned soup because it's very stressful
3: um (laughs) and so
4: (laughs) we're gonna revisit it
3: yeah we're gonna revisit it as being like soup mixes as like powdered mix as opposed to actually having the vegetables already in them yeah yeah so if we we because
4: we like dehydrate everything we grind everything do all of that so it's like how can we also do that and you just drop it in and it dissolves and it's delicious right. and so and then the products themselves are color coded <laughs> so that's another thing that like so we wanted to create this idea of just adding
3: right
4: so like you just will even if you buy all of our products like if you buy the the, the my them. the seasonal mild, that's actually the dredge for the fish flour. So okay. all you need is the fish. Oh wow. Yeah, so they're all That's really smart. Yeah, so like um like we do like so in the restaurant <laughs> or when we do our pop ups, we do fried chicken and pancakes. So from us you would get the fried chicken mix, the pancake mix, and the syrup. So you just need the chicken. Um so it was that thing and then so you can build you can be adventurous you can so the chicken part is the safe part right like okay so you just get the chicken and um but if you wanted to like then venture out and start making your own syrup or make a jam to pour over your pancake or something like that like it was like how can we meet everyone at their their culinary journey so our our products are rooted in being luxury for the people that people don't deem luxurious, but adventurous Mm. for everyone.
2: Yeah. Centering those people in the products instead of like just trying to deliver products with whatever sort of ethos you're thinking of, just thinking about what they need instead.
4: So that was like, you know, like, you know, that, that meant that like whatever's on the side of the label, is all that's on the side of it. The- well, because part of that was too, this was like our opportunity to create things that like, cause I have 800 allergies because Marley, our smallest daughter has 50 million allergies and I got her allergies. So it was like, how do we create things that we can actually eat? So like now we're like, okay, so cool. We have this this fried chicken batter, which is like um, flour and different like seeds and grains. And then we have like a fried fish just because us as black people, like our stories will always be centered in blackness. It's like we know that like chicken flour is totally different than like fish flour. So like the fish flour has cornmeal in it, which I can't eat anyway. So. So now we need to create something that's completely gluten free. Right. That like Marley could eat and not stress. And so it allows for us to be creative um, and be like, OK, so what seeds, what grains, what texture can we put in there? Do we make um, do we buy a whole something and not grind it as smooth as the flour to make it a little more coarse so it gives you this crunchy corn feel, even though you don't have corn in here? Like, how can we be creative with simple things which is a testament to black people to me in general um, and make it really magical and fun. So that was like, that was, that was like, how do we, how do we tell those stories? How do we do that? You know, but that yeah. allows us to like push ourselves. Cause like, how do we make syrup? Like I have a, a Oak allergy. We didn't want to make a, We wanted to make a sh- everything to be shelf stable. So how do we make something that tastes like, Maple syrup that has no maple, nut, oak, anything stabilizer in it that's delicious, so it's like it we don't have a lot of products because the things that we labor over are so
2: and we just started, yeah, 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 no, I think it's such a brilliant idea, and I love like what y'all were saying about thinking about other like points of view and like how are people trying to meet people where they are instead of trying to just design something and draw people to it it's very much like it's very much people forward which i love yes Um, i want to know yeah (laughs) what are y'all taking in right now in terms of like music and movies and tv and stuff to inspire oh, you. dynasty oh
4: my god i'm you watching dynasty i'm watching the reboot of dynasty um i mean it just cuz my brain is also like it's a reboot it's a reboot it's not the original dynasty i didn't know i did come on man are you seeing i'm this? in no way interested in the it's show hell so road um <laughs> i mean i i think that because we're so intentional about things sometimes i just want to be like let's just watch a thing you know what i'm saying like let's just have it on mm-hmm. and i'm but i'm also the person who like overcommits to things that's why i think i'm so like a no person in theory or keep things in the background because like now i'm just like i just want to see this show through and hopefully it'll get
3: better <laughs> i was like a little liars back in the day i was like at this point i just have to see it end i've never show. seen that show i don't do it it's the same thing like the first season you're like oh my god and then after that you're like i just need an answer um who killed this girl <laughs> yeah is that, is that what it <laughs> yeah, is? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah pretty much.
4: um but like we want so it's sad because we're really cheesy corny people because we'll be like hey this thing is coming on so then we'll be like, well, we can't watch it because we have to watch it together. Yeah. Or we have to watch it as a family. You know what I'm saying? But so then it's then like, she gives- I feel like, like most families and couples do that, though.
3: Yeah, It's so annoying. But Sometimes she gets stuck up in Dynasty, it. and I'm like, I don't want to watch Dynasty, so now we're stuck on Dynasty. And it's like... Right, and then she'll be like, so is this the girl that... And you'd be like, yes, but
4: something else happened. This is what... we well, so, you know, <laughs> for
3: like two weeks straight at this point.
2: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, MJ? What are you watching or listening to or looking to for inspiration right now? Inspir- Dynasty's giving you inspiration? Did
4: that No, I didn't get that far because when she said watching, I said Dynasty. I mean...
3: Trash.
4: I... <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm-, I'm getting ready to start a book. I'm waiting for other people to get it. It's called Hood Feminism. A- a oh, story yeah. book. oh, yes. Yeah. So I want to read that. Um... I mean, for me right now, like Black food folks has been really great in like other spaces, but I also have been like, as a family, I think we've been kind of intentional to like communicate and like slow down. Um, For me, like when when Rona happened, it was like I had to give myself the talking to of, you can't define your value, continue to define your value in your work because you can't do anything right now. Mm. So you have to kind of sit down and learn to like you and give yourself the grace that like, if you, give you don't, everyone else. yeah, like, if you don't, yeah, that's real. If you don't knock all 50 things off your schedule today, or if you just decide to lay in the bed, you still made it.
3: Mm. Yeah, I feel you.
2: So free time has been like inspiring to you right now, like taking a break from, you know, trying to knock everything off the to do list.
4: I say yeah, but then I'm like, what free time have we had? We <laughs> I mean it was nice. Like the first half of Rona, we 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 would do like let's all work out as a family. Oh yeah, that was let's great. it would we were great. We would get up, we would eat, the girls would go to school midday. We would all stop and like work out and like talk and like I mean, honestly, the whole thing as a whole has been like really, really great for our
3: like emotional growth as a family, I think as a couple. I think when our children are losing their mother, Monics. yeah. Now
4: the second half, they're like, we need to go outside. And now, um,
3: about to lose. It. But like
4: us as 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 two individuals, you know, we we've had we've had to have the the tough conversations. The you and I, the do the work conversations. What are we opting into? What are we opting out of? Um, slowing down to just figure out how to be better to ourselves and to each other and that sounds really pretty but it's not
2: <laughs> no it's it's a very ugly process it's a, very, yeah. it's a lot of work mj <laughs> what are you taking in right now that's inspiring you uh
3: cicely Sierra johnson you're so ridiculous
2: oh that's so sweet um I like how you... Okay, but seriously, what are you taking
3: <laughs> Right. This is because, why i don't like hanging out with y'all because y'all don't take me seriously. With because I off the of this thing, of and you'll you. be like, so you gonna pick
4: this up? Or <laughs> what is doing? this your water on the counter? Did that's you want to fill it up <laughs> this morning? I was like, oh, God.
3: No, that's not fair. I literally offered to fill up your water bottle. I don't know why. <laughs> it was just deep, intentional passion from which that but Satan just because can. i'm saying that doesn't mean that i'm like why haven't you picked up your water my question was do you want Not, me to fill up this water
4: i thought it was a girl you know i got stuff to do move this out of the way
2: no it was like
3: hey can i help you with
2: this Aww. oh boy all right this quarantine has been <laughs> tough on all of us but <laughs> on all of us and
4: i'll be like that's fine you're right i'm Look, sorry
3: um i swear to god i'm gonna make it through uh my grandma's hand, my grandmother's hands
2: um oh you started reading it reading it yeah i've been reading it it.
3: uh
2: my grandmother's hands my grandmother's hands
4: hello i can what is that i can mail you my copy i can give you my copy
3: Uh, okay a friend referred it to us and she was like do it uh racialized trauma and the pathway to mending our hearts and bodies
4: Jesus, that sounds like a heavy read. Yeah, like even the first, I read the first page and I was like, I'm good. No, it's actually really
3: good. If you're
4: you're not in the space of love and compassion and to really dig deep, if you feel like this, if you're angry or if you don't hold space for this, don't read this book. I was like, well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, These are facts, but no, it's, it's really good. I think for me, I have a playlist that I've been listening to for the last ten years. In the morning, I have a playlist that I listen to on Sundays. You know, and those are very ritual wow. things for me. Um, that kind of keep me. What's on that playlist? Which playlist? Sunday morning. Ha- uh,
2: either one.
4: Either one. Um, it'll be like Ratchetness and then
3: Celine Dion. Don't do that. That's not on my morning playlist. No, not on believe, the morning I believe with, like, Fantasia, <laughs> Um, Brittany Howard. Um,
2: okay, yes, but, from the Alabama Shakes.
3: Yeah, uh, her last, like, her the one that she actually came out, that was her solo. There's a song that I call Free mm-hmm. Fre- Metal, and it's really great. Um, Holy by uh, Jamila Woods is another one um, that's really... Like I don't know, kind of sets my mood for the day. Optimistic sounds of blackness. Um, uh, I'm dope by tove uh, Tobey N- Um I know like, mm. name. I apologize. Is also um, a big one for me. And then of course, uh, do it by Chloe and Hallie's on there. And then go on and finish that last one. Nice by the car. <laughs>
4: see, that's what I <laughs> <They're> Like. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean somebody loves you by Jesus, awesome. And then Mary J. is just fine. Like, there's a whole bunch of different stuff on it.
4: Go get it by Mary.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, Living for the City, City Wonder. It's I don't know. It's my AM, am, like get your mind right. At night, I no lie, no joke. In case you haven't caught this, she, it's really interesting. I listened to a meditation by Diddy. <laughs> um,
2: meditation by Diddy not, on Audible. It's on Audible. I'm, she goes. Wait, wait, wait okay wait sorry back up it's um it's not music it's a book called meditation
3: no it's a guided meditation by Diddy it's called honor yourself
2: no it's not stop it she
4: goes no, to, it's sleep to it every night if you if I call Madison in here right now and be like does Mavis mm-hmm. fall asleep with an AirPod in here she's gonna be like, yes because she goes to sleep to me- like this
2: guided meditation by Diddy every night yes so every time I hear Diddy, I think of um, this, this lawsuit oh. from his former assistant. Um, he wanted an assistant to feed him while he was having sex. And I'm not saying... It's good multitask. He's right. Yes. But I'm saying we have to hear both sides on this. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> I think that, you know, I definitely think that's the
3: position, right? Like, if you, there are definitely people what? who pay for... Right, like, like what they want. If his assistant wasn't willing to do that, mm-hmm. then one hundred percent, like, then he should. Then that's his uh, assistant. Like, you can't force your assistant to do that. That's not their job. Yeah, no, you can't. And you, you shouldn't. Somebody who will feed him while he's doing the nasty.
2: I wonder what he wants. I mean, I don't think you know you should force anyone to do that. But I understand the impulse of wanting to eat while having sex.
3: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely right yeah no you were like
4: how did we get here um I get it but it's wild <laughs> to me that like it's lightweight like i get it but i'm like you've never like but this the thing that's wasn't there something on like wasn't well. there
3: a thing on what was it um on insecure where she was like eating cheetos and getting head there was an episode where she yeah yeah that's a real thing like people like you just what, here you why would this face in your to, voice again? Why uh, wouldn't I wanna do that? Absolutely. But Let I but but Eat this ice cream right quick and Okay.
4: So like later she's gonna eat ice cream and walk in here and look at me like, hey girl, I'm,
3: that's that's not a fact. <laughs>
2: you're gonna be like, Whoa. Oh, <laughs> if it happens, Wait a minute. You.
3: you gonna call that's what you're gonna do? If it happens, you're gonna <laughs> <See>? call her. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> oh, i be like, what are you with that? Have to all right,
1: <laughs>
2: my um, I have the last question for y'all, which is, it's this is officially the longest episode of a Hungry Society I've ever recorded. Oh no, You're You're sorry, you know what? that's what you get for
3: trying to put both of us on the same
2: <laughs> Why are you saying sorry? I think it's great. I'm, Thank I was you. The I didn't It apologize. wasn't the sarcasm at all. It wasn't me at all. I'm not. All right. Well, all right. I want to hear about your dream dinner party. This question used to be plan your last meal, but, you know, because of Rona, that felt a little too bleak. (laughs) So plan, plan your dream dinner party. Who's there? You can invite people living, dead celebrities, whoever. Um, What's the atmosphere like and what are you eating or drinking? Sicily, let's start with you. No, 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 no. We're not doing it together?
3: Oh yeah, we're doing. Are we? Do we have separate dream dinner parties?
4: I want to hear yours. No. Yes, I (laughs) want separate dream dinner parties. Yeah, we was definitely having separate dream dinner parties. Okay. You go ahead. No, go
3: ahead.
4: Please. Oh my god, I feel so bad now. I'm trying to like change my story. Don't don't change your
3: story. Be honest about it. Everybody knows how this works. I like oh, Wow And then you Wow Wow. Wow. Here we go. Korsha, did you watch <laughs> that talk the other day when I told her that I loved her and she gave me the <laughs> oddliest look. She looked at me like
2: <laughs> No.
3: Oh my god. I have it on like... tape. It is recorded. You
4: recorded it? Well, damn, you that hurt. <laughs> we were we were live in separate rooms. And
3: and oh yeah, I'll send it to you. Perfect.
4: Really? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going Oh I'm my god! wants to know what's your dream dinner party situation? Yeah, I said I'd go after you
2: said. <laughs> um. Yeah. Dream dinner party. Oh, Cecily, you're uninvited from MJ's. You're.
4: <laughs>
3: Shout out, to Linus Morrison. Dang.
4: Okay, so my dream dinner party. You're there.
3: No. I was saying
4: that. It's like it's like somewhere in like Mulholland. Um, like like overlooking like a little mountain, a little like I can see the ocean over there in LA. Um, and mm, the mm-hmm. backyard and like a not like dead of summer, but like October weather where it's still like warm and nice. Um, it's like we're eating like gazpacho, but also like fried chicken and pancakes, like it's like hood ratchet. You know what I'm saying? Um and drinking like I don't know. I'm like also this is not real because I have all these allergies. It's a dream. It's a dream. I'm yeah my dream. Come on, Lord. Um I would be drinking like bourbon and Red Bull, like something very ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Bourbon and Red Bull. Yeah, it's delicious. Have you ever had it? It's like a an upper and a downer at the same time.
2: I hate Red Bull, so I don't drink that. But
4: I don't drink. I don't I've never had Red Bull, Red Bull. Um, like by itself. I've <laughs> only had it with like bourbon.
3: I think people drink Red um, Bull they're like I'm about to do some shit, and I need to have enough energy for. Them. Yeah, not because they're like, ooh, you know what I feel like. Yeah, no, no, no I've only. Had it yeah, like it. on eating. my palate. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're so rude. This is my dream. Um, and uh yeah it would be like and who's there huh MJ's there who's there oh MJ anybody else uh I would have like this is a weird up of people it would be like for sure like Nipsey Hussle it would be like um Angela Davis Audrey Hepburn interesting yeah she did a lot for people um I would probably have princess Diana there um and like someone like
2: Jill Scott really yeah Mm. okay that's a yeah that's a good guest list are your children there or no (laughs) like no that's terrible <laughs> well, we're not
3: dying anymore you said that there's no more death so this is just dinner and we go back to this is my life, dinner right? party
4: straight out of covid i've seen these foods 24 hours a day you know love you bye you. all right go to your dream dinner party kids chuck E. cheese or whatever <laughs> yeah that would be my dream. All, right. all right that's fair i guess they'd waste it mj they'd
2: waste it, it. your dream dinner party Mine would be like mac and cheese grilled <laughs> cheese and cheese pizza. <laughs> and cheese pizza.
3: And like, I guess that's your dream. So yes. Uh, and then Madison would get so confused that she wouldn't know what to do, and she just cried. This is so uh, stressful. This is stressful. There's, There's so
4: cheese. many things to eat at Chuck E.
3: Cheese. <laughs> okay, um, my dream uh, dinner situation. I think that it would be. Um, I'm not really sure. What I'm not really sure what we would be eating. It would definitely be something that would be like like family style. I would like can I combine can I have something that something in the middle of like I really love hot pot, right? I like I love the, like the like how you like get to add what you want and cook what you want and like make a million different soups out of one soup in the middle and everybody's Oh you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's good. Um but then, like, like I want to do something like that, but I also want to do like I want like crab legs in this situation if it's gonna be like my dream dinner, and I want all the bubbles are the, are the, everybody's drinking bubbles. are they pre cracked for you ooh, absolutely pre-crapped yes let's not let's not do all that work um and only the legs um, yeah, not the skinny ones uh, um, um i actually have a an an idea for a a dinner or a meal that's cooked like around the skinny legs um (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) don't worry about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) you and Corey should talk that's his favorite part of crabs and lobsters are the little legs yeah yeah i I have
3: a whole i have a whole thing about it um you'll see it later when i do like a pop-up or something um so yeah, I think the people who would be at my table table Taylor, the people who bring me me joy, you know, it would be, you know, um maybe Cecily, I guess.
2: <laughs> um but like it's <laughs> <laughs> so richly like around my
3: age cuz I want to be able like when I say bubbles like I want bubbles like on deck. Um but and, that did, but so serving you like a person your age serving you to know what bubbles What are? do you mean?
4: What do you mean You said someone your age
3: no, I want to be drinking with people my age. Oh, okay. Right? I want to, like, get that good buzz, like, where, like, you're definitely, like, you know, good and swasty, but you still know whatever is happening and everybody can still can still walk and hang out. Swasty. And I want to, like, I want to dance. You know what I mean? Like, I want there to be good music afterwards, and I want to, like... You want a wedding. No, I don't. Well, <laughs> I got to
2: Oh, my God. Why did I set
3: myself <laughs> up
2: for that? Um oh that's so cute wait i want to dance what okay yeah what Gorgia? <laughs> who else is at the table yeah who's at the table cecil you keep interrupting her <laughs> all right
3: i think my my life um oh! i think all of my like i think it's friends <laughs> for me you know what i mean i think <laughs> <laughs> it's people <laughs> i know i'm not invited like i don't i don't really have a lot of people who i like in eight, my life eight people who I look up to that I don't actually know, right? Um, I, I think I dropped that habit a long time ago because, like, you meet like I don't, I don't. There's not like somebody famous that I'm like, oh, I want to have dinner with this person. No, I want to dance with my friend.
2: Yeah, they don't have to be famous. It can be people from your life. It yeah, could be you want to dance with someone? someone you're a neighbor. Doesn't matter.
3: You so want to feel so the heat with, with somebody? somebody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Somebody that loves me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Dance it out, you know, like Grey's Anatomy style. You know? Let's just whip my hair back before.
1: I whip my hair. I, can I my
2: can't.
3: Uh. <sighs> yeah, of course you. You can definitely come to my party. Uh, a hundred percent.
2: Oh, thank party. you. Yeah. I'll bring bubbles. I promise. Yeah. Yay. We still have. Them. I'll bring a magnum, a magnum of bubbles. Yeah.
3: You know, I just want. I want all my homies. Like I want all of my people that I reach out to for um for advice, you know what I mean, and all the people who were like in this journey with me about like making you know, leaving their impact on the food world. Um and who are just like genuine and sincere. Um the people who we laugh with in the comments at Black Food Books, you know what I'm saying? Like uh <laughs> all all those people and my friends from 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 college and whatnot and just let's just hang out that to me that's a
2: No. Oh, you do not want to list these people damn this guest list is discreet <laughs> it's like like,
3: well it you means, know the like, thing about it i yeah. you and i named Sicily, but anybody else like i don't want to not name someone
4: you want you don't want them to hear that surprise right. and be like nobody ever pays me and go right Got it. Right, right, right.
3: (laughs) And then I also have this problem, right? Like we've been talking about where I feel like I'm close with people. There's other people who feel like they're close to me and then I don't necessarily feel that. And so I don't wanna Wow. Put that out there. Wow. It's so
2: popular so it's just it's full circle no no it's full circle because no no no, this episode started with you talking about how we don't want you there and now you're like listen i'm so popular that some people like me and i don't even know that i
4: gotta so the time the people (laughs) discreet (laughs) <laughs> I look at how you can see our faces, like, F,
2: y'all. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I, well, this, Whatever. this has been such a, like, long time in the making to have y'all on the show. And I love you both so much. Thank you for doing this. And I was thinking the other day that, like, your girls are so lucky to get to see both of you, like, strive and dream and be creative people who are principled and um, joyful and love one why am I getting emotional um of yeah <laughs> uh Aww. yeah I don't know I just I love you both so much and your family and I'm so glad that you were on the show
4: Aw, we love you. Thank you. We hope these kids take us
3: seriously. They don't take us seriously. Not even at all. We be be trying to give
4: them the game. (laughs)
3: Twenty-five years old in therapy, blaming it it all on us.
4: She used to tell me to think on my feet. (laughs) You know, like stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, like we're arguing with Madison now because we're like the dishes. You're focused on the dishes, but the dishes teaches you time management, how to look at a problem and tackle a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like you want responsibility. That's what we're telling you, do them, be mindful of them. Now you have to do them by a certain time because you're not paying attention. You can't say that you want these things and despise the small steps that, that allow you to think through your life when you get to those things. And it's a, it's a struggle. Hmm.
2: Yeah. The, you know, I don't know if listeners need to know. About- that she would about to do the
4: dishes. Um, but it's true. I think, you know, but I do realize that like in parenting, the way we parent them, I wish that more people would have, like my mom would have been like, these things teach you life skills. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you're like the dishes is not the thing. The thing is like, being able to look at, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, how do I, how do I, what comes first? Do I do the dishes? How do I pile them up? How do I stack them? Yeah. Like I, I, it's like so many spaces in my life where I look at white people and I'm like, you know, and that's why I like black food folks too. Like to be able to just sit and think through something is like such a privilege because we're always under the gun. And so like, that's the thing that I'm, that that we're trying to give them is like that freedom to think. So when you do get under the gun, you're like, oh, this is nothing. I've been, this is doing the dishes when I was 12.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, it's an important skill to have. And I think, you know, they're so lucky to have both of you like looking out for them and taking care of them.
4: I mean, I guess I, mean, I don't take care of them now.
2: All right. This episode's over. Yo, end it like that for real. <laughs> That's, no, that was actually the end of the episode. This episode's over. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network.